0: Hi, this is Dan. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I trust that it will encourage you and build your faith. If you'd like to connect with us further, our website is revivalnow.com, and you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Revival now Dan Steep. We have the Revival Now app that you can download at your Play Store, and if you use Roku, you can find us on Creo TV. Enjoy the podcast and share it with a friend. Hi, welcome to Spiritual Talk. I'm Dan Steep, and this episode is being brought to you by Valara with active pure technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA approved, NASA used technology in your home, business or car, that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, including staph, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email the address on the screen, info for valara at gmail.com. Really excited to share this uh, lesson with you today, how to walk in God's light and stay in it. I think this is a particularly important topic in light of where I believe we stand in terms of history and Bible prophecy. In Matthew chapter 24, this is a uh, a very prophetic chapter where Jesus is really speaking about the future and what things are going to look like uh, as we get closer and closer to the return of Christ. And um, it's difficult for me to just narrow it down to a few verses, but I'm just going to read it from Matthew 24, verses 9 through 13. It says, Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. So this is a picture of uh, Christians, God's people, in the last days. And uh, a couple of things that it says is that many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. I think the King James says the love of many will grow cold and it says uh people will be deceived sin will be rampant everywhere so that's definitely not walking in the light and and the love of, there it is the love of many will grow cold so that's a picture of uh christians there'll be many believers in the last days that are are going to fall away from the way of Christ so that's that's a uh, and that's those are the days that we're living in now. And so what's the remedy? Well, in First John chapter one, I'm going to begin reading in verse five. It says, "This is the message we heard from Jesus, and now declare to you, God is light, and there's no darkness in him at all." So we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. So this is a a, a letter which became a book in the Bible that was written to Christian people, bringing correction to them for um, the way that they're believing and living their lives. And he's saying if we... It, We're lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But if we're living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, We're calling God a liar and showing that His word has no place in our hearts. So really, verse 8 is just getting to the heart of the matter. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. When we think about sin, we need to think about sin and sins. Sin is a condition that we're born into in this world, a sinful nature that was passed on to us from Adam and Eve in the garden when the original sin occurred. Sins are actual or multiple acts of sin. Sins that we commit, sins, and then sin as a condition. Clearly in Scripture... Uh, we're, we are identified when we're saved, when we're born again, not as sinners, but actually uh, a, a King James word, as saints, followers of Christ. So our primary identity changes from a sinner to a saint or to a Christian. Now, But we have this scripture in 1 John that's talking to Christians, and he's saying, look, you know, if you say you, you you don't have any sin, you're just fooling yourself and you're not living in the truth, but what is he talking about? He's talking about, uh, yes, it is an expectation that we'll live a holy life in the light with God, but there's this, this issue of sin, this condition, this sinful nature that has to be dealt with. And so what happens, the reason he can say that um we still sin is because uh this sinful condition within us trips us up. Give you an example. Um, most people uh, and I shouldn't say most people, um there are people who uh are uh racist and they don't know it. They may be Christian people, but there's and they, they don't um you know Act, Uh, they're they're not out there, you know, uh, getting drunk and um, having sex outside of marriage and those things that the Bible clearly steers us away from. So they're not, you know, sinning in the sense of the the acts of sin, but there's a a sin issue on the inside in their nature that uh, they're not aware of yet. They don't see it. What happens as we walk in the light, as we read God's Word, a Holy Spirit brings conviction into our lives, and He'll show us things about ourselves that we didn't know. And then what happens, it comes to our awareness, and then we have to deal with it. So that's what uh, John's talking about here in this passage of Scripture. And he says that there's a remedy, and the remedy is in 1 John 1, 1.9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's the remedy to the impurity. That's the agent that brings about purity in our lives. That's how we can walk in the light and stay in the light through the remedy of confession. Uh, Confession is a means by which Christians can be purified. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. So the assumption there is that there will be sin that comes to the surface in one's life, and the remedy is you don't have to get saved all over again. You just have to confess it. And confession actually means to come into agreement with. When we confess to God, We're not actually sharing information with Him that He doesn't already know. We're actually just coming into agreement with Him about our sin. So it's not a plea to ask for forgiveness, but to confess or agree with God. Yes, Lord, I see it, and it's bad. It's it's owning it, taking ownership and bringing it before the Lord that we can be cleansed from what the Bible says is all unrighteousness. And that keeps us from, because one of the definitions of sin is to miss the mark. Well, what, what's the mark? Is the mark perfection? No. The mark is unbroken fellowship with God. That's walking in the light and staying in the light. Unbroken fellowship with God. Fellowship with God is broken when we sin. And when we own our role in breaking the fellowship, we have the opportunity then to confess it and to be cleansed from it. So that's the deal. Maturity is understanding and owning one's sin or one's offense. A lot of people just want pardon, right? They just want to be forgiven. But to be cleansed and purified requires more than just Asking for forgiveness, it it requires us to come into agreement with God about the sin, about how wrong it is, about its damage. That's, That's the difference between like being sorry and for, you know, for getting caught and actually entering into what the Bible calls godly sorrow. Because the Bible says that godly sorrow works repentance in our life. And repentance leads us to salvation and no regret. But you can't get help if you won't confess. And it's really debilitating to stay alone in your sin all the time. It'll just do a number on you. In fact, the psalmist said in Psalm 32, verses 3 through 5, When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. James tells us to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another that we may be healed. there's healing in confession now now the devil is is called in scripture the prince of darkness, but so but when you expose something, it comes out of the darkness and into the light and that's how we walk in god 's light and we stay in god 's light by letting that light shine into those areas of sin in our lives and i don't mean um, conscious sin, but I'm talking about like a structure of sin that exists in my sinful nature that needs to be cleansed from all unrighteousness. When I'm willing to confess, then I'm, I'm able to take a look at the situation and break it down and, and see what went wrong, how it went wrong, why it went wrong. But, you know, I can't ask that question if I want to actually first admit that there is something wrong, and history is destined to repeat itself if we don't learn from the past. So if you find yourself cycling, in the, you know, there's probably, you know, not been a, an accurate or a full confession in an area of your life where you come into agreement with God about it. Uh, you know, I, I remember uh, when we bought a new house, and they had put sod in the yard, And uh, But, you know, they didn't clean the debris out of the yard before they came in and they laid the sod down. And eventually over time, some of the the steel and plastic and, and junk that they left in the yard would work its way up through the sod. And sometimes I would actually go and actually roll that sod back out of there so you could actually dig down and get something pretty substantial, you know, out of the soil. And that's what confession really does that's what uh it allows us to peel back the sod and ask the tough questions and be honest with ourselves about what's going on that way we won't be like it says in verse 8 right Uh, verse 8 says god is light and there's no darkness in him at all i'm sorry that's verse 5 if we claim we have no sin we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth We have to confess and dismantle that network of sin that's under the sod. And when we do, he promises, if if we'll confess those things, he'll cleanse us. Not just forgive us, but deal with the sin structure and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it would be a shame to come together in the light, so to speak, church on sunday and then everybody leave and go back into their darkness that's not walking in the light and staying in the light but in order to be cleansed from all unrighteousness we have to confess all unrighteousness because there's a line that you can cross where something becomes so corrupt that you can't find your way back from it in romans chapter 1 verse 28 it says that uh they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, so God gave them over to a debased or reprobate mind to do those things which are not fitting. They had crossed a line, and he gave them over to it because they weren't willing to repent and confess. And that's what it says in Matthew 24. Another, another. We didn't read all the verses, but in verse 37 it says, as in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Well, in the days of Noah, people were you know, getting drunk, and they were partying and living it up, and they, they weren't aware that judgment was coming. And, and Jesus is saying, that's the way it's going to be when, when Jesus returns to the earth. People aren't going to be looking for it, and they're not going to be ready, the majority of people. The Proverbs writer said in Proverbs fourteen twelve, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And when the church loses its compass, like the people I was reading about in Matthew 24, verses 9 through 13, when the church loses its compass, then there's no lifeguard on duty for this world. I had to be willing to peer beneath the surface. In uh, James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Actually, I think it's James chapter 4. Yeah, there we are. James chapter 4, verse 7. It says, humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. He talks about you know, actually feeling sorrow, for your sin. The promise in James chapter 4 here is that if we'll humble ourselves before God, the King James says, submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. So how, how, how do we submit ourselves to God? We confess our sin. We humble ourselves, confess our sin, and that then gives us the power that we need to resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? Humble yourself before God. How do you resist the devil? Submit to God. How do you resist the devil? Confess your sin. And God promises to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Thank God for confession. You don't have to be like your mama and your daddy. Confess it and get it out of you. If we confess, he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's great news. You don't have to be like the dog that keeps returning to its vomit. You don't have to wallow in the garbage that Jesus paid for you to be delivered from. So don't get lax and don't get presumptuous. This is how we walk in the light and we stay in it. Sometimes it takes prayer and fasting to break through and overcome whatever it takes. You know, one of the biggest uh, indications of unconfessed sin is an unforgiving heart. Because you haven't been forgiven, and so you're holding things against others that you're really holding against yourself. And when you hold on to your corruption, you can't forgive others. It's like if you don't confess, then you have a guilty conscience that leads to shame, that leads to struggle to forgive other people, leads to self-sabotage, you get stuck, feelings of unworthiness, all because you haven't just laid it bare before God and allowed Him to cleanse you. It's not hard to be merciful toward others when you've experienced mercy being extended to yourself. But that flow of mercy stops when I won't confess. Because that's when bitterness and hardness and judgment sets in until you can get to a place where you don't even recognize yourself. You know, when you're not happy with everyone around you, there's there's probably some confession that needs to take place within you. Because you're actually mad at yourself. So confess it and allow God to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Allow him to love you, to heal you, to deliver you, to cleanse you. Confess it so that he can show his goodness to you. Hallelujah. In 1st Thessalonians chapter 5, the apostle Paul tells us to abstain from every form of evil that the God of peace may sanctify you completely, your whole spirit, soul, and body. Sanctification is for all of you. Spirit, soul, and body. It's not a human accomplishment. It happens as we confess our sin to God and we allow Him to dismantle that network of sin within us. Our job is to confess His job is to bestow grace. Amen. If we, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that His word has no place in our hearts. God is light, and there's no darkness in Him at all. How do we join Him in the light, walk in the light, and stay in the light? Confess our sins that he might cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let the light shine. The Proverbs writer said, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I want to encourage you today to be like the righteous who are bold as a lion. I want to encourage you to be bold about any darkness that's in you. Bold about your sin. Bold enough to own it. And if you can own it, then you can confess it. Come into agreement with God and allow Him to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. This is the path. Remember, 1 John was written to Christians. This is how you walk in God's light and stay in it. And when you walk in God's light and stay in it, you become a great witness to your family, to your friends, to your co-workers, to your employees. And that's what God truly desires to do in your life. He wants you to be a walking advertisement for His goodness, His grace, and His mercy. If you're, if you're watching this episode, and maybe you're not even walking in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, there's really two invitations I want to give during, at, at the conclusion of this episode. One is to any believers who are walking in sin. Don't delay. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, and confess your sin And he will be faithful to to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And if you're listening to me and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, like if you died today, you're not sure if you'd spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. Let's take care of that today. It's simple. Just confess to God that you're a sinner. And allow him to save you by his grace. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. We will be saved. So I'd like to offer a simple prayer of salvation. And you can just repeat this prayer out loud after me. And you can receive God's grace. His forgiveness. His healing. And the promise of eternal life. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave to give me victory over sin and death. I confess my sinfulness. I repent. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my heart and make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer out loud after me, welcome to the family of God. You are my newest brother or sister in Christ. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When you prayed that prayer out loud after me, you called on the name of the Lord. So by the authority of God's word, you're saved. You're born again. And you're on your way to heaven. Because you have Jesus in your heart. Please go to my website at revivalnow.com. Revivalnow.com. If you'll go there, there's a big red button on the front page that says, I just got saved. Click that button, and it'll take you to a place where you can do a couple of things. First thing you can do is you can view some video resources that I've prepared for you to help you get started in your Christian life. And then you can also fill out your contact information. And if you'll fill out your contact information, I'll make a threefold promise to you. Number one, your information won't be used for any marketing or solicitation purposes. It won't be shared with anyone. You won't won't end up on a mailing list or anything like that. Number two, I'll pray for you by name. And number three, I want to send uh, some resources to you to help you get started in your Christian life. So just go to revivalnow.com, click I Just Got Saved, and follow the prompts from there. Hey, thanks for joining together with me. This episode's been brought to you by Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA-approved NASA-used technology in your home, business, or car that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, including staph, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email the address on the screen, info for valara at gmail.com. Thanks so much for taking the journey with me. I'll be uh, uploading more content And I look forward to sharing those with you as well. Until then, please be blessed in Jesus' name.